Frozen Steel Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Ted. And uh, the Penguins beat uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets in the first game of the first round of the playoffs, 4-3, to three, and uh, we're just going to talk about that game. So, any thoughts? Um, I mean, a win's a win. A lot of people <clears throat> were complaining about the fashion that it happened. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's the first game of the playoffs. What more can you say? There's going to be mistakes. Uh, you know, really nothing bad to say about Flurry. So I guess that's one of the positives because all the goals are really him being left out to dry. Because <laughs> he actually made some good saves. Um, I remember the the second goal that Columbus scored. Uh, Flurry actually made a really good save, but there's no one around the net to uh, do anything with the rebound. So they ended up scoring on that. Mm. Uh, overall, I didn't think it was a bad game, though. You know, had some secondary scoring, which is always good. Yeah, you know, it seemed like an entertaining game. Um, one thing that I thought was good, I mean, obviously they went down, they were down 3-1 to one in the game, but the fact that they didn't, like, panic or just shut down and start trying to hit people, you know, the fact that they came back, you know, and were pretty composed about it was a positive thing, and... Also, like, during this whole stretch run into the playoffs, you know, they've been being beaten by teams that are more desperate, that have been more desperate to get in. So this was, like, the first time that they've played a meaningful game in several months almost. So, you know, and after, like, you know, the first period, I think they kind of woke up and, you know, finished it out pretty well. Yeah, I mean, they're a veteran team now. You know, back in 09, they were talking about how young they were, but they know what it takes to win in the playoffs now, so. Yeah. And, well, I mean, another parallel with even uh, that uh, that first playoff appearance against uh, Ottawa, it's mm-hmm. kind of like now the Penguins are that team, and then Columbus, because this, that, this is that franchise's first appearance in the postseason. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like... <laughs> You know, tables have turned. On yeah, that. and I think, <clears throat> you know, what led to a little bit of the surprise is people almost expected Ottawa to look like the Penguins against that first, um, or that first run against Ottawa, where really, um, you know, that was Crosby and Malkin's first playoff game. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have people on Columbus with playoff experience. It's not like that entire team right. is going to this blind. Yeah, no, they have... They have uh, quite a few veterans that have that have played in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Brandon Dubinsky? I know he's uh, a topic, you know, trying to get Crosby away from him when he's on the ice. And yeah, I mean that's really, you know, a story going into any playoff series. The best defender going up against the best offensively, and uh, Yosha had an interesting point. Um, about how Crosby was reacting to this before we started this. Oh, yeah, he's... Like, it was pretty visible um, in the game that he was, like, actively trying to ignore Brandon Dubinsky mm-hmm. after the whistles, and that's that's a good thing because, like, you don't need, you know, star players getting involved in uh, any kind of extracurricular uh, pushing and shoving, I guess. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens as the playoff run goes on. Uh, but if Crosby can show that maturity, that's huge. Um, it's something that 
the Detroit Red Wings did to them in those first two uh, cup finals that they played together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, guys basically saying it was kind of freaky the way (laughs) when the whistle blew, you know, they wouldn't look at you. They wouldn't (laughs) acknowledge your existence even. And uh, really, I think that's the best thing the Penguins can do right now. Yeah, that would I would be, I would be for that if like, if if Crosby's example kind of rubbed off on other players because yeah. especially Malkin at this point. Yeah, Malkin was uh, kind of looking to get into something, but he didn't take a penalty last night. But <laughs> you know, probably only a matter of time. Yeah, it was something. Really, I thought. Um, you'd see more in Crosby getting emotional, but Malkin's been showing that a lot lately, <laughs> getting emotional really at not the right times. And uh, this interesting stat on Malkin, he has three career fighting majors, and they're all in the playoffs. So if he's going <laughs> to fight someone, you know, it's going to happen at this point in the season. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. Um. One of the interesting stats that I saw was that Columbus outhit Pittsburgh by like twenty hits or something. Like it seemed, the stat seemed lopsided and almost inaccurate. Like I, it didn't seem like they were outhit that much. Not really. Um, like if you were to not watch the game and saw that, yeah, um, I don't think you'd be surprised just because Columbus was second in the league in hits in the regular season. Okay, but yeah. It, it didn't look like they were out-muscled by any means. Yeah, I mean, it just, like, that's kind of such a discrepancy, but, yeah, you know. And it's a good thing in a way that the Penguins didn't, like, try and get out of their game by stepping up the hitting because they do that against certain teams and then they just like kind Boston. of... <laughs> like Boston. Like Boston and Philadelphia, and then they fall apart. So they, you know, being down 3-1, to one, that was probably a real possibility and a danger mm-hmm. that they could have done but they were able to keep their composure and uh, and um you know pull out the win yeah, definitely so you know it's pretty good the goals were by uh, Jokinen, niskanen bennett. bennett and then um brandon sutter had the game winner on a breakaway mm-hmm. which was set up by bo bennett yeah um so if you want to talk about his play a little bit. I know he started on the first line and then got moved to the third line mm-hmm. mid-game. So, uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah. Uh, just Bo Bennett makes the team better, you know, <laughs> plain and simple. Because, um, you know, he was injured at the Olympic break, had a setback. So, really, no one knew what was going to happen there. You know, Lee Stempniak came in via trade and looked like he was going to be on Crosby's wing which, um, you know, really isn't or wasn't what the plan was. And, you know, Bennett was able to step up. So Stempniak is now on the third line, which just makes the third line that much better. It really just makes the whole team stronger by Bennett playing, you know, the way he is. And you have to remember, you know, as good as the team looked, you know, in the top six and bottom six, Marcel Gotch is still injured. Yeah. So if he can come back and contribute, you know, that's a pretty strong lineup the whole way through. Yeah, this is the deepest that the team has been all season, and it's in the playoffs, which is yeah. a really good thing. Um, and then, 
Um, yeah, Bennett's goal looked good on the power play. Just nice deflection. Uh, you know, keep your stick on the ice, go to the net, and you know Niskanen made it easy for him. Yeah. And uh, really, what impressed me more is you don't necessarily think of Bennett as a playmaker at this point in his career, but just a nice setup, you know, for that game winner. Yeah, he's been pretty impressive since his uh, since his comeback from injury. Bennett has. Yeah. And it's all. It's also nice to see uh, the second power play score. You know, because mm-hmm. like you said, like you mentioned in the opening, um, like. Pretty much everyone was secondary scoring, like all of these goals. Maybe not Jokinen since he plays on a scoring line, but mm-hmm. you know it depends on how you how you define primary and secondary. Um, <clears throat> so the other player I wanted to talk about was uh, Bryant Gibbons, mm-hmm. and uh, so this is a guy who started the year in Wilkes-Barre, and um, you know he was, I think he was an injury call up after the injury call-up was injured. So he was, mm-hmm. like, like second-round, second-tier yeah. call-up. And um, he's been impressive because of his speed and his defensive abilities. And he's played his way into the lineup in the playoffs because, you know, I think Taylor Pyatt was uh, scratched in order for him to play. So mm-hmm. And that guy's a veteran. So obviously he's impressed the coaching staff, and I thought he had a really good game, uh, really good game last night. Drew a penalty, um, did pretty well in the penalty kill. Yeah, really, uh, his bread and butter all season has been, you know, drawing penalties with his speed because the defenseman just playing the simple can't keep up with them. And, I mean, that's what they need in the playoffs, you know, get those power plays, you know, top-ranked power play, get them out there. Um, and really what impressed me was his uh, penalty kill just because you haven't seen it that much. I assume he was on the ice for that a lot in Wilkes-Barre when he was there. Yeah. And, uh, but, yeah, he plays well defensively, so he knows what to do when he's out there. And then, you know, again, just going back to his speed. Yeah. Know, you can't teach that. <laughs> he was possessing the uh, the puck in the offensive zone, and that, uh, as Bob Grove pointed out, that's not really something that uh, the Penguins do a whole lot. So. Well, if you look at you know, some of the prototypical penalty killers they have, you know, Scuderi, Orpik, Adams, not really known for their speed. So this is definitely an improvement, I think. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Brian Gibbons is definitely a a, a bright spot to come out of all those call-ups yeah. uh, this season. So it's good to see him have continued success. All right, well, Ted wants to make some predictions, starting with the Final Four. All right, I think in the East... Um, just really do not see an upset coming. Uh, I mean, if any team upsets one of the top two seeds, it'd be Philadelphia. But like I said, I don't see that happening. So I think Boston and Pittsburgh will make it uh, to the Final Four. And then the West, um, you know, you got to push Chicago there. You know, they have two cups. Just really the Kings until someone takes them over. And then... For the other team, I like Colorado, just because Patrick Waugh just seems to be doing everything right there. So my final four is Boston, Pittsburgh, Colorado, and Chicago. Uh, as far as the cup finals go, I'm saying Boston, Colorado. Mm. Um, I know this was the Penguins podcast, so I shouldn't say that, <laughs> but I just 
don't think the Penguins can beat Boston. And then, as far as the West goes, I think Colorado's defense will be too much for Chicago. And then, in the finals, I think Colorado will win the Cup, just because they have more offense and better defense than Boston. And Colorado can only win the Cup when Patrick Waugh is involved. <laughs> okay. Um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you 100%. Um, yeah, I know, you know, St. Louis and Chicago are trendier picks, but I'm going with Colorado. Well, I know how much you hate being mainstream, so I understand you're going with Colorado. Um, but I think even in the East that... <clears throat> I think there is the possibility for upsets in the East. Um, like a slim chance, but a chance yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, like I said, I can see Philly doing it, but I just don't think it will happen. I mean, I hate to to get ahead of the series, you know, that we're in. But, I know. Like I said, there's probably the chance for upsets in the East, but... Boston Pittsburgh is probably a good final. Um mm-hmm. in the in the west though, I would say St. Louis and uh and Anaheim. Mm. Two different teams. Yeah. So, I mean, both of those teams have been very impressive at different times this season. Mm-hmm. And they have the ability to be just as impressive again. And uh so, well, they're both good teams, you know. The west is wide open. Um, just because every team is so good, really. Yeah, it's it's weird. Like all regular season long, the East was the wide open conference, mm-hmm. but now that it's the playoffs, it's pretty much you know, you know, or you can kind of safely assume who the final two are going to be. Yeah. But now the West is the one that's up in the air because all of these teams are really good. Yeah, I mean, if you just look at it, you know, you have Colorado, St. Louis, Chicago, Anaheim, even Los Angeles, all very good teams. You know, San Jose is there, but, you know, <laughs> everyone knows what they're like in the postseason. But. Right. Um, and even the two wild cards, Minnesota and Dallas, that mm-hmm. are, you know, pretty decent as well. Um, but anyway, not to look too far forward. Right. Uh Game two against the Blue Jackets is Saturday at 7 p.m. And uh, what's interesting is that the Blue Jackets went back to Columbus after the game. Yeah. I mean... I know they're close, but... Yeah, a little longer layover than normal. Usually just a two-day turnaround. And yeah, like I said, they're close, so why not? I don't know. That just seems weird. Like, you got to get in the mindset of being... I think the, I'd on rather the road in the playoffs. I think I'd rather do that though. Really? I mean, staying in a hotel for three nights. I don't think you'd have to pay for it yourself. <laughs> That's not what my thoughts were. But okay. I mean, if you're up in Calgary, yeah, maybe it's different. But you know, since you're just across the border, just <laughs> yeah, that Pennsylvania Ohio border, pretty hotly contested. Um. 
I don't know. I just thought, and then they it was mentioned on the post game show that that was kind of a unusual, unusual move. But anyway, next game is on Saturday, and uh, hopefully the Penguins can continue with the kind of play they had at the end of the game mm-hmm. and be more dominant throughout. I did hear that uh, Nick Foligno might be back for the Blue Jackets, and that is a big piece for their team. As well as R.J. Umberger. Oh, I had heard that he was probably not back, but did, did you hear otherwise? Um, I mean, it wasn't definite, but they were just saying it was possible for him to be back. Mm-hmm. Well, those are those are two important players for that team. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the the Blue Jackets will only get tougher as they get healthier. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much all we have for you today. So, until next time.